Are you listening to us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or any other platform where you can leave a rate or review? Do you like what we're doing? If the answer to all of that is yes, please consider quickly giving us a five-star rate. And if you wouldn't mind leaving us a nice review, we greatly appreciate that as well. Okay, let's do this. Of Hall. My name's Simon. And I'm McKelly. Thank you for joining us for episode 52 of our chapter by chapter book review of Song of Ice and Fire by George Martin. Today we're discussing chapter 51 of A Game of Thrones, that's Sansa 4. As always, we'll chat about the chapter and try not to spoil any future plot points for you, and hopefully, we'll provide you with some entertainment along the way. We will summarize what's happened, discuss our thoughts on it, provide some useful background, compare it to the TV show. Indulge in a little pedantry and cover some reader mail. Be sure to check out our show notes, particularly if you're not reading along with us, because they'll give you some extra information to keep you clued in. How are you? I'm all right. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. We're we're, uh, we're recording this very close to the previous ones, so not much is not, no. not much water has passed under the bridge since the last time. How's how's Penny doing? She's doing good. She's doing good. We. Uh, she has peed on the floor now. Well, then she's officially a member of the household. I guess so. <laughs> I guess so. But she's strange because she won't pee. I mean, I, I, I let her out first thing in the morning because we have a fenced yard. She doesn't yep. pee. Then I immediately I take her for a long walk and she doesn't pee. And then I bring her home and then she starts to get agitated. And I'm like, dude, all those opportunities. A <laughs> lot of opportunities to pee there. Penny. Although, Penny, she's not the only Penny to pee on your floor, so. That's true. That one has done it too. Is it time to tell the story? Well, we could. I mean, you could always edit this out if this is if it's too long. So, um, my other dog is named Twiggy, and we've had Twiggy for uh, a good few years now, three or four years now. And when we first got her, she was terribly nervous, particularly when I was alone in the house with her. And she still is, to be honest. She's never quite warm to me, so she gets nervous. But um, when we first got her, we were asleep one night, and it was so very late. And um, the dog, she was asleep between us, and she started to freak out. And now, with hindsight, this might have been the first time that she had uh, a seizure. She's been having seizures since then, and oh, this might have actually yeah. been the first time she had a seizure. But she, she was in the dark in the middle of the night. It just looked like she was just going crazy for no apparent reason. So she was salivating and terrified and i put it down to there was a beam of light coming through our window that was hitting exactly where she was lying and she seemed to be sort of jumping out of the way of it as if it was hurting her but i was like crazy dog but carson she disturbed both of us carson stumbled off to the bathroom and while she was gone i tried to comfort twiggy i was like you know it's okay because i started to worry i mean she'd had a few accidents around the house i was like if she doesn't calm down, she's going to pee herself yeah. in the bed, and that will right. be a scene at 2 a.m. So I reached out and I stroked her paw, just stroked the sort of like paw, and it was distinctly moist. <laughs> and I was like, oh God, the dog has peed the bed. So I roll over and turn on my bedside light, and I roll back. <laughs> And exactly where I was stroking the dog's paw is not a dog's paw, but a freshly laid dog poo. Oh, I've been trying to hold my laugh so not to ruin the punchline. So I don't think I stroked her paw. What did you stroke? <laughs> I believe the phrase is stroke the turd. <laughs> so everybody likes this story. They all laugh at me for it. But um, it's become sort of like a catchphrase for uh, sort of misplaced reassurance. You know? right. Yep. <laughs> is that well, what's going to happen? Are you just stroking the turd? <laughs> yes, that's, uh, uh, that is a famous line around uh, our friends group. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, so, oh man, we've been waiting for an opportunity to tell that story on this podcast for a while. This it, seemed like has, the, the right it's time. It's been in the notes since like episode four. It has. We can finally take it out of the notes. Yeah. You see what's right before uh, 
this oh yeah else. one day one day we'll get to that right <laughs> it may have to take one of us leaving our current job before we can tell that story. <laughs> i wonder if there's a way to tell it with uh without conveying uh who the source let's let's is. just leave that as a tantalizing one for yes. the future film. someday we'll get to that story in the meantime that, we should that, probably that get down story, to business. the one you're the one you're not telling is one of my all-time favorite stories. I always think to myself, if I ever quit my day job to become a stand-up comedian, my first set is going to be retelling that story. That's that's it. That's my first set. That's your whole first set. Yeah. I mean, what else do you need? It's so good. It's so good. It is good. But, and you, you throw in the misfortunes I have with dogs pooping in the bed right next to my ear. <laughs> There's uh, Twiggy. I, I love Twiggy. I can get. I can build up a twenty-minute set quite easily. Yep. You have right. your own uh, special uh, Netflix special in no time. Yeah, exactly. You are correct. So we should get down to business. So a quick recap of what Sansa was up to last time we saw her. Uh, Sansa and Jane Poole were conjecturing about why her father didn't send Solaris Tyrell to kill the Mountain Gregor Clegane convinced it was Ned's broken leg that was the culprit, which seems just the b- biggest non-sequitur of all time. Right? <laughs> Later, he, That even confused Jane. She was like, yeah, what's he, wrong with Sir Loris's leg? <laughs> that's right. Later, Sansa got the dreaded news that she and Arya were to be headed back to home to Winterfell, and even worse news, she would not be marrying Prince Joffrey. During the ensuing argument, Sansa provided the spark Ned needed to realise that the secret he'd been chasing... Uh, that Joffrey was not Robert's child. Uh, more recently, she stormed out of breakfast after Ned refused to allow her to say goodbye to Joffrey before she boarded the ship back to Winterfell. All right, why don't we give them the summary? So, Sansa's been confined to rooms within Magor's Keep for three days. She was brought there by Sir Aerys Oakhart of the King's Guards to keep her safe, in the Queen's words. Her only companion is a tearful and frankly useless Jane Poole. Sansa is even forced to dress herself. The horror. She recounts how she always grew up to the sound of swordplay and practice in the yard, but hearing the real thing has a different quality, and the heroes in the stories don't yell out in agony as they die. Uh, They've been fed, and on the third day, clothes were brought to them from the Tower of the Hand. From their window, it's clear that the fighting is over and that the Lannisters have won. She's less sure on exactly who has lost. On the second day, Bell's told and Santa intuits that this means that the king is dead. Uh, that night, she dreams of herself as the queen next to Joffrey. On the third morning, Sir Boris Blunt takes her before the queen. Santa notes that Sir Boris of the King's Guard, no less, is sporting a very fetching lion clasp on his cloak. They go not to the royal chambers, but to the council rooms where Cersei is surrounded by the remnants of the small council and the paperwork of duty. Sansa notes Joffrey's absence and the fact that they are all dressed in black. Cersei is solicitous, but mad at Blunt when she discovers that Jane was locked up with Sansa. They arrange for Jane to be removed. Littlefinger offers to find her a place, which given Littlefinger's profession is probably not great news for Jane. Sansa cannot understand why they cannot take Jane to her father, Veonpool. But this is just one of the many red flags that Sansa manages to ignore, particularly when Cersei tells Sansa that she and Joffrey love her. That'll do it. The council explain that her father is a traitor. They bring out the letter that was intended for Stannis, which is pretty damning, except for the whole being true part, of course. Sansa blusters, but the council redirects her worries by explaining that this means she cannot marry Joffrey. Wait now. Never mind her dad's treason. And possibly being dead, she needs to marry Joffrey. Cersei agrees that Sansa has been loyal. She came to the queen and explained her father's decision to get the girls out on the ship. It was then that Cersei prevented Sansa from returning to the Stark Fold. And now Sansa's path to salvation is laid out before her. She has to prove that the traitorous seed is not strong by writing to her influential family members, admitting Ned's treason and beseeching them to keep the new king's peace. If they come to King's Landing, bend the knee, then why shouldn't she get her happy ending? Sansa is assured that Ned is fine and his fate lies in Joffrey's hands. Sansa somehow convinces herself that this is good news, that Joffrey's kindness will win out. 
Sansa's returned to her now empty cell, and as she reads fairy tales alone, it dawns on her that she never thought to ask about Arya. That is, uh, that is quite a stretch that Joffrey's kindness is going to uh, win out for her father. You are not wrong. <laughs> you are not wrong. If that's what you're relying on. Yeah. I have mixed feelings about this chapter, because on one hand, it's fascinating to see Cersei back on her scheming game after that whole kind of lost a step with the Ned drunk in a brothel thing that she uh, yeah, yeah, she we, whipped up. Yeah. <laughs> so it's good to see her yeah. back. She went down in our estimation cylinders. for that one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but... On the other hand, I get you know I get a queasy feeling watching this young naive Sansa get manipulated so easily and turn on the fa- on her family to please Cersei and chase the queen dream that she has. But you know if you if you think about it from a twelve year old's perspective, not many would have stood up to some of the some of the best schemers in the land here. Yeah, I mean that she's going to write to her family members asking them what she's been told to ask them is perfectly reasonable. It's it's the delivering herself to the Lannisters which was the which is the unforgivable part of this. Yeah. You know, if if Arya had been captured, I would expect her to write the letters that the Lannisters want want them to. You know, because you can't stand up to them. You're a child. Yeah. I I wondered how Arya would have handled if the roles had been reversed and it had been her. It's not it's not a apples to apples comparison because Arya has no queen aspirations, and she certainly doesn't love Joffrey. So, you know, they but, wouldn't have the as Lannisters, much to dangle in front of her. But they would. that's exactly right. They would have found other things with which to goad her. You know, her father's safety relies yeah, on that. Yeah, that's you true. Know, she would yeah. have done something with that. So, um, recapping what went on. So Sansa and Jane are in the top room of the highest tower of Magos Holdfast, not the Tower of the Hand. It's... At first in the chapter, it's unclear how they got there. So I wrote a whole block of pedantry around this, right. which uh, yeah. I then had to undo when I read the rest of the chapter. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Jane arrived later. Sansa was there on her own for a while. Jane arrived later and told Sansa that they're killing everyone. There are bodies and blood throughout the Tower of the Hand. Yeah. So Sansa, and Sansa knows nothing. Yeah. She's she's not left the room. It, all she's heard the fighting. Which began shortly after she was uh, after she arrived in her room, but she's clueless to the events that have been unfolding. Yeah. So Jane's been crying for the whole three days, but again, I mean, Jane's witnessed some pretty terrible things, um, right? So I yeah, have a little bit of sympathy. Yeah, uh, you 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 could get that a bit. I mean, Sansa doesn't really know how bad things are out there. Jane saw it yeah, firsthand. Yeah. On the second day, they hear the bells, and Sansa somehow figures out that that means the king is dead. She is right for once. Usually, <laughs> right. her instincts are entirely wrong, but she was right on this one. Yeah. Uh, although, although actually, they ring out a day late because if you think about it, they should have rung out the day she was her, captured. Her first day. Yeah. Yeah. So, Sir Boris Blunt comes. He's one of the king's guard, and he's wearing a lion brooch. More, uh, more lion paraphernalia invading the royal space. That it is. Yes. And this is when she is thinking, she's thinking back a little bit, and we get the line that she ended up in the this room in Magor's Holdfast rather than the Tower of the Hand. And at this point, all we know is that the queen told her it was to keep her safe, that Joffrey would not forgive her if something happened to her, happened to yeah. Sansa, that is. And she, the, the thing I have that sticks with me on this is she didn't, question like keep me safe from what you know (laughs) like she seemed to be totally not rattled by the fact that she's being taken to this the very top of the tallest tower in Magor's Holdfast to be kept safe but I think you're forgetting what she was talking about at the time she was talking about the worst possible thing that could happen to her being taken back to King to Winterfell oh yeah she's being kept safe from that she would have jumped at the idea that's true. Yeah, you're right. I hadn't thought about that. So maybe Sansa's thinking, I'm being kept safe from getting on this ship. Exactly. They're protecting Arya. Has been, yeah. Maybe that's why she never thinks of Arya. Maybe she thinks Arya made the ship. Maybe. Yeah. Although she admits herself she didn't think about her, but maybe that's right. That's how she's going to rationalize all this. <laughs> right. Well, she got on I the ship. I thought you were on a boat. <laughs> yeah. But rather than taking a 
rather than Sir Boris taking Sansa to the royal apartments, which is where she thought she'd be going, instead they end up in the council chambers, and Arya thinks it's as splendid as any room she has ever seen, and the queen has the sweetest, saddest smile that Sansa has ever seen. So clearly Cersei's right up there. Her acting skills are on par with Lord Varys. So. <laughs> we'll be right back. Hello, friends. Are you ready to make some unforgettable memories? Well, if so, consider the Marriott Bonvoy program. Discover the perfect destination for your summer getaway and unlock exclusive deals on luxurious accommodations. With our affiliate partnership, you'll enjoy unbeatable savings and a seamless booking experience. Don't let summer slip away. Visit Marriott Bonvoy today and make this vacation season one for the books. Use our Ghosts of Heron Hall affiliate page to check it all out and buy Bonvoy points or give some as a gift. The link to our page is in the show notes. So um, Cersei learns that uh, Jane has been in the cell. Well, we say cell, but I mean, they're just locked in apartments. It's not unpleasant what they're being held in. But she learns that Jane's been there too. And she's furious with the Kingsguard for allowing this to happen. That that uh, she she arranged for Sansa to be sequestered on her own. The last thing she wanted was for her to get outside information. Right, especially from a terrified young girl. Exactly, who has witnessed the atrocities that the Lannisters are perpetrating. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> definitely doesn't fit well with the plan of uh, carefully placed wool over Sansa's eyes here. Right. Right. So Jane won't stop crying. She wants to see her father. Sansa thinks, well, couldn't you just take her to her father? Yeah, and, and uh, right at then, uh, Grand Maester Pycelle becomes very interested in the table. He he, <laughs> he stares, he looks down at the table, no longer meeting her eyes. Yes, the answer's here in this grain of this wood. Yes, <laughs> just keep right. looking. Yeah, so that move right there alone doesn't bode very well for for poor Veon Poole. No. That was kind of a a guilty move right there. Yeah. But so when they're trying to discuss what they can do with Jane, because Cersei definitely wants her out of Sansa's quarters, uh, Littlefinger says that he will find a place for her. And that uh, it can't be. No. Especially when Cersei says in front, totally in front of Sansa, says, not in the city. And he says, do you take me for a fool? So... But I don't even I don't even know why. I mean, I assume they're talking about turning in, her into a prostitute. Why not in the well. city? I mean, right. it's not like Sansa's going to bump into her, you know? Uh, yeah, I guess maybe they're afraid that she will spread the word that of what happened in the Tower maybe, of the Hand. Maybe she's what she's eleven. I think she's a year younger than Sansa. So, gosh, that's there a go. pretty yeah. terrible thought to begin with. Yeah, but Sansa can't understand why. Why can't Sir Boris just take Sansa? Oh, oh yeah. Sorry, forgot a step here. So Cersei says, you know, she he she sends. I think it's Sir Boris to go get Jane and take her to Littlefinger's apartment, and uh, and she says, tell her that that Littlefinger's gonna take her to see her father. And Cersei's confused. She's like, why can't? Uh, Sir Boris just take her to see her father and she she imagines she knows there's been fighting but she can't imagine any reason that someone would kill a steward which kind of goes back to what you were saying in the last episode is you get killing the military force but why would they be killing all the non-military personnel you see it's coming home to roost right now because if Veon Poole was still alive and well they could reassure Sansa but no Yeah. They apparently killed him, and now they've got to, you know. Certainly seems that way. But I like how uh, Sansa's a bit upset that Jane's being taken away, and she says, you know, um, she's a good girl. Don't, you know, like, don't do anything to her. She's a good girl. And uh, Cersei's response is, she's upset you. And that's why we need to get rid of her. <laughs> it's, it's Jane's fault that she's upset. When I threatened to take Jane from you, you got upset. This is all Jane's fault. This is Jane's fault, clearly. Yeah. So um, Sansa mentions that Littlefinger leaves her feeling very uncomfortable, makes her feel like she has no clothes on, which probably thinking that is how he looks at her. 
Yeah, and this is not the first time. We, we've talked about this before. There was the uh, there was the awkward conversation at the hands tournament, and then there was the awkward conversation after the hands tournament when he. No, sorry, it wasn't after the hands tournament. It was after Ned had sent Sir Beric and the rest to go track down the mountain. And they had an awkward conversation about Ned's right. decision-making. Yes. And we were discussing... You You were saying that you think maybe it's intentional that he wants to leave her uncomfortable and awkward and not sure what to make of him. Yep, yep. I remember saying that. So despite, you know... These red flags of, for instance, being imprisoned and now having Jane dragged away from you and nobody can look you in the eye when you mention Jane's father. Uh, Sansa manages to keep focus on what matters, you know, her love for Prince Joffrey. Yep. <laughs> and uh... <laughs> Yeah, there's a specific, right after this, uh, so Cersei says, you know, she mentions that she and Joff both love her and there's a there's a line where Cersei thinks in her head, her prince loves her. Nothing else matters. She right. she specifically Apparently mentions not literally. even uh, creepy little uh, Littlefinger and crying Jane. <laughs> yeah. uh, so she's so yeah. All of the bad news that's been happening to her from the beginning of this chapter is now completely set aside because she's very excited to hear this news. But this is when she discovers um, that when Varys tells her that her father is a traitor. Yeah. Uh, they, they get her riding high. They, they keep her on this wave, you know? They get her riding high, then they give her some bad news. Then they get her riding high again, and they give her some more bad news. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Varys tells uh, Sansa that her father is a traitor, and Pycelle says he heard with his own ears um, that Ned agreed to protect the prince and the princes and princess, and then the moment that the king is dead, he tries to steal the Iron Throne from Joff. Yeah. And as we said before, I mean, we know why Ned was doing this, but he has essentially zero tangible proof. Right. So it was going to, it was, you know, once Robert was out of the picture, there was no way to make this happen, really. Yeah. This situation's going to come down to the victors writing the story here. Yeah. And the way that the losers are behaving here, it's going to make it very easy for the victors to, yep. to A, be victorious, and B, write their own story. Yeah. Renly's plan. Going back to Renly's plan, like every turn you could think of his conversation, Ned's conversation with Renly and think there was an opportunity. That was a golden opportunity. Yeah. And uh, yeah. he missed it. Or he could have played the game a little harder until Stannis arrived. Yep. I don't know. Yep. Renly's plan seemed like the more surefire way to go. Get the kids. Cersei falls, falls in line. But if he could have played the game until uh, Stannis arrived... You know, things might have been different as well. But this this interaction caused me to wonder if maybe Pycelle doesn't know the truth about uh, the Baratheon kids not actually being Baratheons. I mean, he is in Lannister's pocket, but that doesn't necessarily mean he's been told all the details yeah. behind everything. Yeah. So if I, if I were the Lannisters, I would not brief my uh, people on the, my sins. Right. So from his from perspective... Them. It might look very traitorous because he did hear Ned say, I will look after your children as if they were my own. The very next morning, you have no right to the throne. It's it's uh, you're not uh, the true heir. Yeah, well, that's that's one of the advantages of keeping your uh, adherents in the dark is that they can act the way they should act in most situations. They don't have yeah. to, you know, channel lies. They, they you know. Pycelle was reacting the way someone would react, having seen what they saw. Yeah. That Ned was telling the truth is neither here nor there. So everyone else in the room, aside from Pycelle and Sansa, know the truth. Possibly. We don't yeah. know that Pycelle doesn't know the truth. It just seems it's possible he doesn't know the truth. Yeah, yeah. Cersei keeps dangling the carrot as soon as Sansa gets too upset or asks too many questions. So, once again, she, she starts putting that carrot out there and she says... You are innocent of any wrongdoing. We all know that. But you are the daughter of a traitor. How can I allow you to marry my son? And, yeah, uh, yeah she's basically saying, you still want to be queen, right? Well, you better act quickly before it slips away. Yeah, yeah. And so the reaction she's looking for is that uh, it'll, it would be terribly unfair on Sansa if Joffrey's taken away from her for the actions of her father. Yeah. 
And that's exactly what her thought was. She got the reaction she wanted. Her she thought that's not fair for what to for me to lose Joff because of what my father did. She's already starting to accept that their version of the story is correct here. And at, at this point, Sansa um, gives us a, sort of the backstory of how she ended up in Maegar's Hall. Fast after the breakfast, where she's told she can't go and see the Lannisters, she goes and sees the Lannisters. She runs off and tells them what's going on that she and Arya are to be shipped out. I tell you, and that's the last time she sees them before she's before this scene. I mean, she has not seen Arya and Ned since that moment. Yeah, because she categorically disobeyed what Ned told her to do. I wonder if Ned should have um, just just a thought here. I wonder if Ned should have confided more in her. I, I had that same thought. Yep, li- literally said to her, "They are, you know, Joffrey is not." The, the heir to the throne. So marrying him won't help you. Yeah, yeah. And when Certainly this all comes would. to light, they're going to be turfed out of here. Yeah, it, it might have uh, prevented this situation at least. At the very least, you know, maybe have a sit down with her and say, Joffrey isn't the boy. I know she tried, he tried a little bit when he told them, you're going home to Winterfell. He said, I'll find a better match for yeah. you. Joffrey's not the boy you think he is. But maybe sit down and have a heart to heart like he did with Arya. Uh, earlier in the the story, yeah. But uh, if Sirio survives, I think uh, we we've got a new simile for him here because once again she refers to this act that she did here as being as wicked as Arya. Mm-hmm. So that'll go right in there with strong as a bear and quick yeah. as a snake, uh-huh. wicked as Arya. So um, after leaving after spilling the beans to the queen and giving the queen the last information she needed to help spring her trap on the Starks, uh, she's escorted to the tower room by Eris Oakheart, another one of the king's guards. Sansa doesn't seem to question this. It seems like to her it's perfectly normal. But again, I think what we said before makes a certain amount of sense. We're going to look after you. We're going to hold you so that Ned can't put you on that ship. And yeah. That might just reassure her enough to play along. I hadn't thought about that. Makes sense, though. And then, of course, the fighting breaks out while she's locked in this room. Yeah. So the attack came what appears to be pretty soon after breakfast because Arya was still in her dancing lesson with uh, Cereal. So I'm, I feel like there's an either-or here. Did Sansa's warning speed up the timeline for the Lannister aggression? Like, this is the last chance to get the kids and force Ned to cooperate? Or was maybe the attack already planned and Cersei had plenty of time to get her ducks in a row. No, that's interesting because because I think the girls were due on the boat at noon. So it was yeah. happening quite quickly. I mean, there wasn't much time. I don't know what time they get up, but there can't have been too many hours between breakfast and noon. Um, maybe that's why Ned and the small council received a sort of peremptory summons from yeah. the new king. Basically, after this meeting, Cersei went, get her to the tower and let's get to the throne room with Joffrey straight away and call the small council to us. Yeah. yeah. Yep, that's definitely one of the options there. Yeah. So yes, I think it did I, I think it did speed up the timeline. Yeah. Yeah. If it's the other option, if if they had already planned as soon as Robert's dead, we're gonna make our move on the Starks, then Sansa gave Cersei quite the gift of herself because they didn't have to hunt for her. She just came willingly to them. Right. Right, but 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 not only that. I mean, the fact that the girls might have escaped. I mean, the the Lannisters didn't know the girls were out of here. Yeah, yeah. You know, so if they just kept quiet, the girls, even if the timing of all this was unchanged, the girls might have got on that ship. Yep. Ned could have walked slowly to the throne room to make sure the girls got on that ship. You know. Yeah, he he probably did walk pretty slowly since he only yeah. has the one well, leg. Yeah. But one thing we know for sure is that Cersei went to that throne room knowing that she had Sansa as a hostage. Uh, yeah, that's interesting because she never she never mentioned that, did she? No, but she sure was arguing from a power of position of power. Position of power, yeah, yeah. And I guess I guess she always had it in her back pocket if it started to go against her somehow. Yeah, didn't she didn't need it, but she had it if she needed. Yeah. We'll be right back. This episode is sponsored by Audible. To get a free audiobook or two if you're an Amazon Prime member, go to our exclusive URL, 
audibletrial.com slash ghostsheronhall. You can find the link in our show notes. So back to back to the current scene between Sansa and Cersei. Sansa begs to be to to allow you know she wants that carrot. She wants to marry Joffrey. She'd be ever such a good wife, be a queen just like you, and obviously flatters Cersei and she takes pity on her and asks the small council their opinions on Sansa. And Varys says, "Well, her love is so true and innocent; it would be cruel to deny it. And yet, what can we do? Her father stands condemned." And yeah, he he took the stance we were expecting, the self-preservation stance, because we know he's he's plotting something, so he needs to be able to stay in his position of power. So if he wanted peace for the plot, which is what Illyrio asked him to do, stall the war that looked like it was coming, then at this point, a controlled and contrite Ned is is probably the safer bet for peace than the war option that probably would have come had he backed the Ned and Stannis side. Yes, good point, good point. Pycelle says that a child born of traitor's seed will find that betrayal comes naturally to her. She's sweet now, but in ten years, who can say what treason she might hatch? So, uh, again, like you said, if he doesn't know the truth, then what he heard Ned agree to them makes him seem traitorous. Not, yeah. Lo- not loyal. We we think of Ned's actions as loyal, but th- to, to anyone outside the circle of knowledge of uh, Joffrey's parentage, it does seem like he was a traitor. Right. But of course, Sansa is denouncing all of this. She would never betray her beloved Joff. Yeah. And then Littlefinger says that that uh, Sansa seems to be more like the mother than the father, sort of like giving her a, an out. But honestly, I think all of these answers, all three of these are sort of prearranged. You know, I think in that in the small council, Cersei said to them, Sansa's coming. And this is what I want. I actually I wanted that wondered that same thing. I wondered if they had like rehearsed this a few times. Like, uh, Sir Mandon, you walk in, you play Sansa. We're gonna run through the how this right. is gonna go. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because because everything they're saying is just sort of backs up the fact that she's she's hanging by a thread. Yes. Yeah. None of them are saying absolutely not, but they're all sort of reinforcing Cersei's. Yep. Yeah. You they're could all... take a chance on this one, but. I don't know. You're going to have to get something from her. Some promises. Yeah. Yeah. They're all carefully leading her down the path that Cersei wants her to be led down. Yeah. Uh, But again, Littlefinger's comment is about, you know, he loved Cat, and now he's saying that Sansa reminds him of Cat again. So, yeah. uh... I wonder if that is part of the whole creepy vibe that he gives off, if he's fascinated by kind of like the ghost of the young cat that he once knew, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe he can't stop like leering at her because she looks so much like the the cat that he loved years ago anyway so the carrot's back out then uh cersei's dangling it in front of sansa trying to get her down the path to where she wants her and she says if i could truly believe you're not like your father nothing would please me more than for you to marry joff and then she throws a little more poison in her ear about her family and says, I just have to be, just have to remember about when your sister set her wolf on my son. But uh, Sansa was there, you know? Yeah. Like, Sansa was there, but has chosen to disbelieve her eyes. She's yes. gone for the alternative facts. And, uh, yep. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's the thing. You see, it's one more red flag. I mean, every, every time they can't look her in the eye about Vayampool, they re- reiterate this thing that she knows is not true. Every time this happens, she should be like, what am I doing? Yep. I'm with the wrong people here. Taking Jane to see her father, but really taking her to Lana, uh, to uh, Littlefinger's apartments. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Sansa sort of seems to buy into the idea that traitor's blood is a real thing. But she says, I'm not like Arya. She's the one with the traitor's blood, not me. I'm good. Uh, yeah, so she yeah. basically accepts the accusation against her family in order to continue her chances with Joffrey. So Cersei's got her where she wants her, and now she sort of like you know says, "Well, this is what it's going to take." Um, the rest of the family have to remain loyal. It would go a long way to uh, allaying the fears of Sansa as a traitor, um, you know. And and this all makes sense. I mean, she doesn't want w- w- uh, war in the realm, and. Sansa's family. Remember, Sansa's family is pretty, 
pretty broad because it's the Starks, but it's also the Tullys of Riveron. It's also yeah. uh, the Arryns. Yeah, three so, king, three uh, Lord Paramounts, right? Are uh, are members of her family? So right. So if she could write to them and get them on board, that would prevent war in the realm. And as uh, Cersei says, go a long way to convince her that she isn't a traitor. Yeah. And it, it does feel, at this point, based on the things that she's saying, that Ned is alive because you'd think she would be taking a different tact if he were dead, like the stable boy said uh, that he was. Yes, true, true. Uh, I mean, yeah, for instance, Pycelle didn't look down at the table when they mentioned Ned. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like yeah, he did when they mentioned Veyonpool. <laughs> <So. laughs> I uh, I was thinking more of like if he was dead, they might be trying to get a different end game from her because eventually it's going to come out that he's dead. They could only delay for so long. Yeah, yeah, true. Although, I mean, if they have, if he is dead, then getting her to write this letters quickly would probably be a good idea to stall before a she. More. Dis- before she discovers that he's dead, you know, while yeah. she still believes he's okay. Yeah, that's true. So they're they're discussing the family members, the, uh, uh, Sansa's family members, and Littlefinger counsels that it's Cat and the Tullys that are the biggest threat, not the Stark boys, not Rob and his, not Robin, uh, Bran and Rickon. Although you got to watch out for Rickon, he he yeah, sneak yeah. up on you. Yeah, riding that wolf. Yeah. So she's to write the family, tell them of Ned's betrayal, urge her mother and her brothers to keep the king's peace, come, come to King's Landing, pledge fealty to Joffrey, um, and tell them that she's with Cersei and she's being well taken care of. Which, yeah. of course, is that's the that's the hidden message there yes, that, it is. Doesn't, that Sansa <laughs> doesn't see, which is, uh, she's our prisoner. Yes, I've got your say. daughter, do as I say. Yeah, And, of course, this also harks back to Mad King Aerys, who had uh, Ned's father and brother come to King's Landing. Right. That's, yeah, yeah. And uh, that did not go well for them. No, it did not. They did not leave vertically. So now Cersei dangles the biggest carrot yet that she has to offer. She says, if you do this, if you write these letters, then when you reach womanhood, you can marry the king in the great sept of Baylor, and all Sansa hears are the two words, three words, marry the king. And uh, <laughs> it's uh, something like her heart skips a beat or she catches her breath or something like that. But she gives one more attempt. She, you know, she's, she can't, she's really single focused on this. Wow, I'll be queen. I will get to marry the king. But she does make one attempt to, uh, to get her father's side of things and says, if I could just, talk to my father if i could just see him and talk to him and very says about treason (laughs) (laughs) and and cersei uh playing on you know she she's keeping her she's she's doing a really great job of keeping her on this uh wave of emotion she looks at her with eyes gone hard as stone and says you disappoint me sansa so yeah, um, I think you're the one who brought this up in the notes, but I'll just I'll just mention it that Sansa just completely misinterprets Cersei throughout this chapter, just gets yeah. her wrong from start to finish. But but again, I think this goes to the fact that Cersei is telling Sansa what she wants to hear, whereas Ned was telling her what she didn't want to hear. Absolutely, yeah. And the fact that she's clearly a snake is easy to overlook when the snake is telling you what you want to hear. You know? Yeah. Yeah, some of the description of, of what she thinks of Cersei during this chapter, she uh, some of the lines are, the sweetest, saddest smile ever, voice so kind and sweet, and she saw kindness in her clear green eyes. So she's, uh, she's seeing what she wants to see there. Yeah. So she's, um, Sansa asks about Ned's future, and they assure her that she's not been harmed but the king will decide his fate. And as we said during the recap, only Sansa could see this as good news. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, her thought is, her gallant prince would never hurt her father. Yeah. It's yeah. like red flags, like f- yeah. strobing lights of of, of red. <laughs> why, don't, why don't you go back to your room and snuggle with Lady? Oh, wait. 
That's right. right. How broken up was he about that, huh? Yeah. Yeah, she saw him with Arya and Micah on the trident. I know she's 12. She can rationalize things that put things in her mind the way she wants. But, I mean, deep down, she has to know. She saw the way that Joffrey was trying to kill Arya with that sword. And she knows he likes killing because she had that dream where he killed the uh, the white heart. And she yeah. mentioned he especially he loves hunting, but he especially loves the killing. So yeah, yeah. So she agrees to write the letters to Rob, to Cat, to Lysa, Aaron, and to Hosta Tully. Yeah. It, so that's the thing that I, I I don't know. Maybe this is a pedantry thing, but just like with Bran's letter to Cat after he woke up. Where is she sending this letter to Cat? Cat's. You don't know how clever the ravens of Westeros are. <laughs> I guess so. Take this to Cat. <laughs> <laughs> Take it to a cat. <laughs> that <laughs> it immediately do. gets eaten by a cat. <laughs> <laughs> they keep trying to send letters to Cat. I feel like it's going to like this PO box that's just stuffed with mail, <laughs> like mail sticking out of the slot and stuff. <laughs> so when she gets back to her room, Jane's not there. Um... So now Sansa has nobody but uh, Lannisters and Flatterers and Fools uh, yep. to confide in. Yeah, and I, I really love the juxtaposition here between Sansa and Arya. Because we've got, at the same, probably the same time, Arya is running for her life, scared, alone in the dungeons. Sansa pulls up a chair close to the hearth and loses herself in a book of stories about Florian and Jonquil and the Rainbow Knight. Well, who who couldn't? I mean, you know, that's a, stories of Florian and Jonquil. They'll right. they'll calm the most troubled mind. It's like a cup of tea to an English person. <laughs> uh, and so, yeah, the the chapter ends with her falling asleep and realizing that she never asked about her sister. Uh, who cares about Arya? She's going to be queen someday. Exactly. So, to background, I don't think we've talked about Jonquil and Florian before, have we? No, I don't They've think been so. Mentioned several times. So, so. Um, they're, they're fabled uh, lovers from yore. Uh, Jonquil was bathing in a pool with several of her sisters and friends when she was spied by a knight known as Sir Florian the Fool. They fell in love and were married, and the pool is now a bathhouse in Maidenpool, which is the seat of House Mouton in the Riverlands. So it's a real place. I'm not sure there's proof that Jonquil and Florian were real, but the place is real. And yeah. there is a tower in the castle of Maidenpool, which is called Jonquil's Tower. All right. The other fairy tale she's reading is about Lady Shella and the Rainbow Knight. And from my research, this is the only mention they get anywhere in the whole of the writings of George Martin. So we okay. will never know what Lady Shella and the Rainbow Knight were about. Sounds like a good opportunity for some fan fiction. Ah, I could make that up. There I you go. dream that. You have plenty of time on your hands, don't you? Just <laughs> whip that up. <laughs> yeah, you could do it while you're, while you're sleeping. Well, I'm That's asleep, the, yeah. yeah. Easiest way. Just tell me what to dream. <laughs> so uh, she mentions, Sansa mentions before she is taken out of her room by Sir Boris, that she keeps asking the, the staff that's bringing her, her and Jane food what's going on. And she says that they are avoiding her like, the gray, like she has the Grey Plague. So the Grey Plague, also known as the Grey Death, turns its victim's flesh into stone. And it's, so it's quite fatal, as you might imagine. Uh, the plague is the swift form of its cousin grayscale. So grayscale leaves your flesh stiff and dead, the skin cracked and flaking, mottled black and gray, and stone-like to the touch. Grayscale is prone in cold, damp climates like the Iron Islands and Dragonstone. But those who survive a bout of grayscale turn out to be immune to the gray plague. Oh, that's very interesting. It's funny, when you started that, I was like, I'm sure it's got a different name. And I was like, and when you said grayscale, I was like, yes, that's the name that's I was thinking. That's the name. But they're two separate things. Interesting. Yes, two separate strains. Okay. So, uh, comparison with the television show, um, so Sansa's treachery, her going to see the Queen, is completely dropped. Huh. Um, instead, when the fighting breaks out, she's just walking along with Septa Mordain. Septa Mordain, hearing the fighting, sends her to her room, where she's intercepted by the Hound. Okay. Uh, 
Jane is dropped. We, we've mentioned this before. Jane doesn't exist in the TV show, but she so right, she's right, right, dropped entirely. And so there's actually no sense of Sansa being sequestered anywhere. The next scene with Sansa after the Hound captures her is her with the Queen and the Small Council. So there's a less of a like she did this to herself type situation there. Correct. Yes. Yes. You're definitely a different scenario for Sansa in the TV show. I think because. Because it's very hard not to blame Sansa for her own woes here. Yes. She brought right. a lot of this on herself. That being said, of course, if she hadn't have done, she'd almost certainly be in the same situation anyway. Yeah. They stormed I the... I mean, they got Jane from the Tower of the Hand. They would yep. have got Sansa too. Yeah. It, uh, Arya just happened to be lucky that she was with the former First Sword of Bravos when they came exactly. to get her. And she's exactly. she's quick and, and scrappy. But, but as you said... it. The, the intel that they gained might have helped them time it in order to capture Arya and Sansa. Yes, exactly. That they didn't capture Arya is pure luck. Uh, the conversation with the Queen and the Small Council does take place in the Queen's chambers, uh, not in the Small Council room. Okay. Uh, but is basically exactly what we read. Um, you know, it's the, it's the threats, carrots and sticks, to get her to write those letters. All right. So, Pedrinconal, as I said, oh god, sorry, you had a question about that. Where are we in the uh, first season? I don't know. S- episode seven. I watch it piecemeal. You see, I jump around to find the bits in the chapter. Okay. So I'm not watching it in a coherent way, so I, I get confused where I am. Think episode seven. All right, so we're still on pace to finish yeah. season yeah. one with the first book. Yeah. So, to pedantry, I I was going to say that there was a good piece of pedantry that Sansa said that Cersei personally told her she was being confined for her safety, but there didn't seem any opportunity for her to have met Cersei before the... Um, but then it was later explained that she had gone to see Cersei before she was confined. So all of right. that came to pass. Um, so so apologies for thinking that was... Uh, um, on the same subject, how were the Kingsguard unable to come up with an alternative plan for Jane than the highly complex take her to Sansa's rooms? I mean, that seems like they went out of their way to do something stupid. Right, yeah. This kid had witnessed what they were up to, and what they were up to was not. It would be very hard to take one step back from that dispassionately and think to yourself, she'll be okay with that. She'll give a good report to Sansa about all the things we're doing for the kingdom. (laughs) They're planting crops. Yeah, solid point. (laughs) Yeah, solid point. They've instituted Butterfly Day, you know. (laughs) So, yeah, I mean... I, I, Cersei being mad is totally, totally reasonable. She was right to be mad at the King's Guard, but the King's Guard were idiots for putting Jane in there with her. I mean, yeah, they is it the only room? Else. <laughs> <laughs> they, and and why not just say, "Go out that door. You're no longer wanted here." I mean, yeah, what's she gonna do? She's eleven. Yeah, yeah, all solid points. Clearly, they were just caught up in everything and thought, you know what? Let's take her from the Tower of the Hand all the way to the top, tallest tower of Magor's Holdfast and put her with the one prisoner exactly. we have. <laughs> exactly. And, and that, that whole time, it didn't occur to them, like, yeah, is this a good idea? Yeah. Maybe we should check with the Queen? You know, I just feel like they were being a bit stupid there. So I'm with Cersei on this one, unusually. <laughs> all right. So, news and notes, the uh, Jon Snow Funko Pop review giveaway rolls on. So please keep sending us those screen caps of your rates and reviews. As a reminder, we're giving away a Jon Snow Funko Pop figure to a lucky listener. And to enter, take a screen cap of your review and email it to us at ghost.heronhall at gmail.com. And we'll be picking randomly from the emails. So, yeah, I know that there's um, issues with uh, some of the Android platforms. You could always go to podchaser.com, and some of the podcatchers do have review options. I, I explained it in the last episode. You can From Stitcher, you can do it from the website. Podcast Addict has a review option. So there are opportunities for those of us on Android to rate yeah. and review. Thanks. Thanks for doing that. We'd appreciate it. Um, yes, thank and you. The, the, the Funko Pop looks cool, so I... I, I... Highly recommend doing this. If I, I if I start that. getting ones from your email address, uh, trying to win yeah. this thing. <laughs> <laughs> I would fake an email address to win that one. Um, 
All right, so let's conclude. So Sansa, you are clearly the author of your own woes. You are yeah. naive, but you are 12. Yeah, she thinks, she still thinks that good will always triumph and everything's going to work their way out like they do in the stories. But you know we've what? got... I think that's going to happen here. Yes, I agree. The, the, the good are having a bit of a bad time of it right this second, but I think they're going to triumph in the long run. In the end, hope. they're going to triumph. Yeah. Despite the fact that there are red flags going off everywhere here. Yeah. She uh she decided to sneak off and have a chat with the uh queen. Yeah. Yeah, she's clearly got blinders on. Yes. I think she thinks if she can just get to be the queen, everything will turn out okay like in the stories. Like she can yeah. fix it once she's queen, everything will be okay. But for for now, and for a long time to come, even if she does become queen, uh, she will be a pawn of the Lannisters. Yeah, Not sure seems queen. that way. Yes. Yeah. Now, they don't have Arya yet, but they do have Sansa, obviously. So, if Ned is alive, you'd think that'd be enough to get him to do pretty much whatever they want him to do. If I was Ned, and I found out that Sansa disobeyed my order... <laughs> <laughs> Arya did what I said and Sansa didn't. Well, you're on your own, Missy. That's right. Maybe he can negotiate with with Cersei how to handle punishing Sansa for disobeying him. (laughs) Oh, you want me to chop one of her hands off? No, Cersei, you've gone too far. That's too far. But Cersei does Uh, say Ned's alive, unlike the uh, stable boy who said he was dead. But then Cersei also implied that Littlefinger was taking... Jane to see her father. Yes, I'm not sure she's 100% honest. Yes. Yeah. But um, it, it is good to see her back on her scheming game. Yeah, for sure, sure. Yeah. But definitely an unfair fight. I mean, Littlefinger, Varys, and Cersei against 12-year-old Sansa. Yeah, it's... that's some of the top Game of Thrones playing schemers in yeah. Westeros right there against a 12-year-old. But to be fair to Sansa, I mean, they could have just told her, you're writing these letters, you know. She's, yeah, she's got no leverage. She's just got to do what they tell her now. Yeah, that's true. And and they are literally offering her what she wants. So you know, I can't really blame her at this point. Oh no, definitely not. I mean, like I said at the very beginning of this, what twelve year old wouldn't you know succumb to most of the things that Sansa has accepted here? Yeah. But now that Sansa has remembered she has a sister, will she think to ask about her? Next time she uh, meets with the Queen. It might be a good idea not to mention her, actually. I mean, like, presumably Cersei would have mentioned Arya had Cersei captured Arya. True. Yeah. Keeping quiet about it, she might go the way of Rickon and be forgotten by everyone. Yeah, there you go. Something to do with Stark kids and being forgotten about, I guess. Exactly. All right, well... As always, you can reach us at ghost.heronhall at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter at ghostheronhall. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And uh, please leave us a review. And if you do leave us a review, take a screen capture of it and email it to us and you're entered into the giveaway. Hope you win. Yes. Thanks for listening. Thanks. Bye. Bye.